0: Letter the thirty-sixth of Life in Mexico. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Life in Mexico by Francis Calderon de la Barca. Letter the thirty-sixth. Concert. Diligence. Live Puebla. Escort. View from the Cathedral Towers. Black Forest. History of the Crosses, Tales of Murder, and Alarm, Report of a Skirmish, Río Frio, Law Concerning Robbers, Their Moderation, Return to Mexico, Carneval Ball, Improvement in Dress. Mexico, 24th We went to the concert with our friends, the H.O.'s. The music was better than the instruments, and the Signora Cesare looked handsome, as she always does, besides being beautifully dressed in white with Paris wreaths. We took leave of our friends at the door of the hotel, at one in the morning, and lay down for two hours in the full expectation of being robbed the following day, a circumstance which has now grown so common that when the diligence from Puebla arrives in safety, it excites rather more sensation than when it has been stopped.' the governor has ordered us an escort to mexico to be stationed about every six leagues but last week the escort itself and even the gallant officer at its head were suspected of being the plunderers Our chief hope lay in that well-known miraculous knowledge which they possess as to the value of all travellers' luggage, which no doubt not only makes them aware that we are mere pilgrims for pleasure, and not fresh arrivals, laden with European commodities, but also renders them perfectly familiar with the contents of our well-shaken portmanteaus, so that we trusted that a sarape or two, a few rings and earrings, and one or two shawls would not prove sufficient to tempt them we got into the diligence in the dark half asleep having taken all the places but three which were engaged before we came some sleepy soldiers on horseback ready to accompany us and a loaded gun sticking out of each window various beggars who are here innumerable already surrounded us and it is by the way a remarkable circumstance that notwithstanding the amazing numbers of the leperos in puebla the churches there are kept scrupulously clean, from which Mexico might take a hint with advantage. Puebla is one of the few cities founded by the Spanish colonists instead of being built upon the ruins of former greatness. It was founded in the sixteenth century on the plains of Acajete, in a site occupied only by a few huts belonging to the Cholula Indians it is surrounded by productive corn estates, and the landscape, when the light visited our eyes, was fertile though flat. The two finest views of Puebla may be seen from the towers of the cathedral, and from an azotea in the street of San Agustín. The landscape is extremely varied and very extensive. To the north we see the mountain of Tlaxcala, the Matlacueyedl, better known as the Malinchi, Next it the hill and temple of Guadalupe and the mountain of the Pinar, crowned by its white church. Other churches and convents adorn the slopes of the mountains, the church of Loreto, the temple of Calvary, etc. The Malinche is fertile, but these inferior mountains are sterile and bare. To the south lie the great volcanoes, and between them we can distinguish the difficult and steep road by which Cortés undertook his first march to Mexico we also see the city and pyramid of cholula the hill of san nicolas and that of san juan where general bustamante encamped in eighteen thirty two when he went out against santa ana near it the farmhouses of posadas and Savaleta, one celebrated by a battle the other by a treaty to the east but at a greater distance than the other mountains rises the peak of orizava the star mountain the side now seen that which rises over the table-land of Mexico. Its other side descends rapidly to the burning plains of Veracruz, and is the first distinguishable land discerned by those who approach these coasts. Even at this distance its snowy summit is seen contrasting with its fertile woods and pleasant villages. It has what mortals rarely possess united, a warm heart with a clear cold head." we were awakened at a posada by their bringing us some hot coffee and a man with a white nightcap on having poked his head in at the window in defiance of a loaded musket i concluded he was a lepero and sleepily told him i had nothing for him in the phrase of the countries to importunate beggars perdon vi por dios excuse me for god's sake but he proved to be a gentleman who merely came to put himself and his property at our disposal at that early hour of the morning when we entered the black forest and passed through the dark pine woods, then the stories of robbers began, just as people at sea seemed to take a particular pleasure in talking of shipwrecks. Every cross had its tale of murder, and by the way it seems to me, that a work written with connaissance de cause and entitled history of the crosses, though it might not equal the history of the crusades, would be quite as interesting, and much more romantic, than the Newgate calendar." The difficulty would consist in procuring authentic information concerning them. There were a lady and two gentlemen in the diligence, and the ladies seemed to be very much all fate as to their purport and history. Under one her own servant was buried, and she gave rather a graphic account of his murder. He was sitting outside on the top of the diligence. The party within were numerous but unarmed suddenly a number of robbers with masks on came shouting down upon them from amongst the pine-trees they first took aim at the poor mozo and shot him through the heart he fell calling in piteous tones to a padre who was in the coach entreating him to stop and confess him and groaning out a farewell to his friend the driver Mortal fear prevailed over charity both in priest and layman, and the coachman, whipping up his horses, passed at full gallop over the body of the murdered man, so that, the robbers being on foot, the remainder of the party escaped. Whilst we were listening to tales of blood and murder, our escort took leave of us, supposing that we should meet another immediately, whereas we found that we had arrived at the most dangerous part of the road, and that no soldiers were in sight. We certainly made up our minds to an attack this time, and got ready our rings and watches not to hide, but to give, for we womankind were clearly of opinion that in case of an attack it was much better to attempt no defence, our party having only two guns amongst them. There was a diligence some way behind us, full of people and belonging to another line, driven by a Yankee coachman so drunk that he kept his seat with difficulty, and in defiance of all remonstrances persisted in driving the coach at a gallop close by the brink of the great precipice along which the road wound so that the poor passengers were exposed to a double danger suddenly our escort appeared at the top of the hill and the officer riding up excused himself to c n for the delay which had arisen from their having been engaged in a skirmish with the robbers in that very place Two, he said, were taken, and he had marched them off to Puebla, where they would probably be let off in a few days after a form of trial. Four had escaped and had hid themselves amongst the trees and rocks, but could not, according to his calculations, be very far off. However, we were quite reassured by the arrival of the soldiers, and the sight of Rio Frio was very reviving. We got a very tolerable dinner from the Bordelais in the Forest Valley, and although the next part of the road is reckoned very insecure, we had no longer any apprehension, as besides having an escort, the fact that some of the robbers had been taken a few hours before made it very unlikely that they should renew their attempts that day. This pestilence of robbers which infests the Republic has never been eradicated. They are in fact the growth of civil war." Sometimes, in the guise of insurgents taking an active part in the independence, they have independently laid waste the country and robbed all whom they met. As expellers of the Spaniards, these armed bands infested the roads between Veracruz and the capital, ruined all commerce, and without any particular inquiry into political opinions, robbed and murdered in all directions. In 1824 a law was proposed in Congress which should subject all armed bands of robbers to military judges, in order to shorten proceedings, for many of those who had been apprehended and thrown into prison found some opportunity to escape while their trial was pending, and many had been imprisoned four or five times for the same offence, yet never brought to justice. In this law were included both robbers by profession and those bodies of insurgents who were merely extempore amateurs. But whatever measures have been taken at different times to eradicate this evil, its causes remain, and the idle and unprincipled will always take advantage of the disorganized state of the country, to obtain by force what they might gain by honest labor. Count says gravely that he cannot imagine why we complain of Mexican robbers when the city of London is full of organized gangs of ruffians whom the laws cannot reach and when English highwaymen and housebreakers are the most celebrated in the world. Moreover, that Mexican robbers are never unnecessarily cruel and in fact are very easily moved to compassion. This last assertion may occasionally hold good, but their cruelties to travelers are too well known to bear him out in it as a general remark. As a proof of their occasional moderation, I may mention that the ladies of the F.A. family, at the time of their immigration, were travelling from Mexico with a padre, when they were met by a party of robbers or insurgents who stopped the coach and commenced pillaging. Amongst other articles of value they seized a number of silver dishes. The padre observed to them that as this plate did not belong to the ladies, but was lent them by a friend, they would be obliged to replace it, and requested that one might be left as a pattern." The reasonable creatures instantly returned a dish and cover. Another time, having completely stripped an English gentleman and his servant, and tied them both to a tree, observing that the man appeared particularly distressed, at the loss of his master's spurs, they politely returned and laid the spurs beside the gentleman. About four o'clock, though nearly blinded with dust, we once more looked down upon the valley of Mexico and at five during our last change of horses we were met by don m l del c o and the english courier beraza who had ridden out to meet us and accompanied us on their fine horses as far as the garita here we found our carriage waiting got in and drove through mexico dusty as we were and warlike as we seemed with guns at the windows In the Calle San Francisco the carriage was stopped by Mr. Blank, secretary to the English legation, who invited us to a grand masked and fancy carnival ball to be given on Monday, it being now Saturday. On our return home we found everything in good order, had some difficulty in procuring ball-dresses in time. On Sunday we had a number of people to dinner, by chance it being Spanish fashion, to dine at a friend's house without invitation this evening we go to the ball twenty sixth the ball was in the theatre and very brilliant but too many of the first people on these occasions keep their boxes and do not dance yet it was wonderfully select for so large an assembly when we arrived we were led upstairs by some of the commissioners those who had charge of the ball to the e s box whom we found as usual elegantly dressed the married ladies of the family with diamonds the younger ones in white crape and gold i had a black silk mask but finding myself universally recognized saw no particular advantage in keeping it on and promptly discarded it we took a few turns in the ballroom and afterwards returned to the box There were some capital figures in masks and some beautiful ball-dresses, and though there were a number of dominoes and odd figures, I could not help remarking the great improvement in toilette which had taken place since the fancy ball of last year. One or two girls, especially the Signorita M., wore ball-dresses which could only have proceeded from the fingers of a Parisian modiste madame de Blanc, dressed as a peasant and with a mask was known everywhere by her small foot and pretty figure but it is impossible to look on at a ball very long not mingling with it without growing tired and not even the numerous visitors to our box could prevent us from feeling much more sleepy than during many a moonlight ride through the lovely lands of tierra caliente next night there was a public masked ball but we did not attend it We feel much the better for our journey, and only hope that some day C. N. may have leisure sufficient to enable us to take another ride through some other part of the country. This being near Lent, we shall have no soirees for six weeks, though balls are occasionally given during that time of fasting. The house has become very comfortable in the way of servants. Our housekeeper a treasure, the coachman and footman excellent, the cook tolerable, the soldiers rarely tipsy more than once a week and generally only one at a time the other is decent so that we have nothing to complain of has established a hen-house near the stable and any old indian woman who brings her a manoho several hens tied together is sure to be received with open arms One of our first visits on our return was to Tacubaya, where we were sorry to find the Countess C. A. very much indisposed, and her courtyard filled with carriages containing visitors making inquiries. I shall now send off my letters by the packet, that you may see we are safely re-established in Mexico. End of Letter the 36th